This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Welcome to the Tried Out Podcast. Today is going to be a really, really good one. Uh, I'm excited to be joined by Tridot founder and CEO, Jeff Boer. Jeff is the chief architect behind Tridot's insight optimization technology that powers Tridot training. He's a multiple Ironman finisher who has coached dozens of professional triathletes and national champions, as well as hundreds of age groupers to various podiums and PRs since he began coaching triathlon in 2003. Jeff, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Glad to be here, ready to roll. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, man. I'm real good. Real, All right. Real good. Just had some coffee, you know, feeling, feeling hyped. Very good. Got the personality turned on. Uh, next up is pro triathlete coach Elizabeth James. Elizabeth came to the sport from a soccer background and quickly rose through the triathlon ranks using TriDot from a beginner to top age grouper and to professional triathlete status. She is a Kona and Boston Marathon qualifier who has coached triathletes with TriDot since 2014. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's uh, always great to be here. It better be. Uh, and who am I? I am your host, Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. Like any good workout, we here at TriDot like to ease into things with a little warm-up question. Uh, after that, we will dive headfirst into our main set conversation, which today is all about doing the right training right. We're going to unpack that statement, and I'm excited about it. Uh, then we'll cool things down with the TriDot Top 10. Recently, we polled athletes asking, what is your A race this year? And we're going to tell you the top 10 responses we received. So lots of great stuff. Let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. Recently on Facebook, Tridot athlete Tracy posted this. Last night, I met my husband at the front door, literally jumping up and down. I had a run workout yesterday that I thought would be impossible to hit. I thought there was no way I could hold that fast pace for so long. So Tracy's workout, guys, it, just for context, it had some zone five intervals. And when she was done and she checked the results, she found that not only was she able to hold her zone five paces, but she actually had spent a considerable amount of time overachieving in zone six. Her husband asked her, how did you make it happen? And she said, I started thinking that if Tridot assigned this workout to me, it thinks I can do it. So I did it. Jeff, Elizabeth, I know you both saw this post on Facebook. What were your thoughts on hearing Tracy's statement? Elizabeth? For me, I, I just couldn't stop smiling. I know that the evening that Tracy posted this, our team was messaging each other saying, hey, do you see this post? Like, isn't this awesome? Um, coming from a career in education, it's moments like this that just reinforce my passion for helping others. My favorite moments in the classroom were always when students accomplished something that they didn't believe that they could do or they could see their progress as they were uh, kind of striving toward a goal that they had set. And it's posts like Tracy's where she's just exclaiming that she was able to accomplish something that she previously thought impossible. Um, in addition to the outpouring and just sincere excitement and mutual celebration from the Tridot community of athletes and coaches, that is really giving me the greatest joy. And just uh, like I said, I couldn't stop smiling seeing that post. I think people need to realize, like, you know, we, we see the things people post. And I mean, as, as a coach, like there's probably no greater joy than that. And seeing that an athlete had a moment of breakthrough, had that light bulb moment, had that realization that like, oh, my gosh, I can do something that I didn't think I could do. Je Jeff, what did you think when you saw Tracy's post? Uh, same thing. I mean, we all kind of reacted and our threads are going overlapping each other. And we, we see that anyone that's been, you know, on in the, the I am tried out Facebook, Facebook group, they see kind of comments like that where people yeah. are celebrating each other's um, triumphs and successes. And uh, we see those come through uh, quite a bit. But every once in a while, there's one where you can just feel the sense of passion and joy. This is huge breakthrough. 
Um, one of the other things you paraphrased a little bit in her comment, yeah. one of the things that she said in there in those intervals uh, was that she ran her fastest mile that she'd ever done. And she did it in the midst of a workout where yeah. she did a whole bunch of ever, other hard efforts. So. It wasn't even just, just a one mile pure effort. It was one mile within the context of a workout. And Absolutely. she had her fastest mile. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was super cool for us. Um, one of the things we do, I mean, we we share those often as a as a team, our internal uh you know, coaching staff and we love our athletes. We do. Well, that's the, the core value of who we are. We you know we are our core value. Number two, you know, we are passionate about helping people improve and succeed. Yeah. And that really comes through. We live it. Um, we, we care personally about the individuals, uh, when they have a, a, an accomplishment like this, it's, you know, acknowledging that, that willingness as we are, you know, triathletes to really invest yourself in something that's lofty, ambitious, um, stretching, striving for something to better yourself as a person. So, I just think that's that's really cool, and so we celebrated that a lot. Um, you know, in the same way, I think we're out there seeing when athletes, you know, struggle and stumble and question and, and have those moments. Not, not every workout can be the perfect workout. You don't always nail it. And the one thing that I love about our community in that same Facebook group is the the support of all the athletes reaching and encouraging and comments, and that's just so wonderful to see those as well to rally behind each other. Um, so that just the IMTry.community community is just wonderful. Yeah, and, and Tracy, if you're listening, I'll tell you this: the, when when your post went out, uh, when Jeff Boer actually sitting here with me, you know, founder of Tridot, you know, he's the one who, uh, you know, we we all saw it on Facebook, but he he sent it around in uh, in a group email. Like, did you guys see this post? Like, like as the founder of Tridot, I, your words in the email were like, "This might be my favorite post I've seen." Yep. You know, which is high praise. Um, what, what I loved about it was the statement she made, where where she said at the end. Tridot thought I could do it, and so I just did it. Yep. And there's there's been several workouts that I just like her. I've looked at the workout and I'm like, ooh, I don't know about this one. And you get out there and you can surprise yourself because like, you know, you, you, and, and it might be a surprise to Tracy that she was able to do that, but Tridot wasn't surprised right that she was able to do and, that. And for me, and maybe that's one why it hit the 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 passion, the sincerity of it, the momentous breakthrough of it, all was super special. Um, but. Uh, a, a lot of our coaches, I don't, I don't work with athletes directly one-on-one as much as I used to uh, at all. And so I'm in the weeds with, uh, you know, the technology and, yeah. and all of this. And so that was um, – so a lot of our coaches get the, the kudos and, and the pat on the back, <laughs> and they get that sense of feeling, I made this personal difference in this life. And that was kind of, for me, just a little – I played a little part in that, you know, and the technology and the algorithms – uh, pushed her to do something, encouraged her, gave her the confidence and the belief that she could do something that she didn't think she could. Yeah. So that was like a very personal thing. It really struck a chord with me. Yep. Tracy, thanks for the post. Uh, all of you out there, keep uh, keep at it in your workouts. And uh, we we love seeing your success. We we you know we feel like your success is our success as a group. So uh, keep the post coming. On to the main set. Going in three, two, one. A training principle that has kind of organically taken shape amongst Tridoc coaches is doing the right training right. When we talk about coaching athletes to succeed, we find ourselves constantly going back to that mantra. Athletes that consistently do the right training right typically succeed in huge ways, while the ones who struggle to see performance gains usually have something in their training that they just aren't getting right. So today we're going to dig into doing the right training right. Jeff, why don't you kick us off by kind of explaining what we mean when we say do the right training right. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there. The full statement of belief is that success or training success um, specifically here, success comes from consistently doing the right training right. So as you unpack it, there's four key words, success, consistently, and then right and right. So the last one's two words, right training right. Uh, so the first one, success is not about just finishing, improving, or even PRing. Um, all those are good things, but that's not how we define success. You can do a lot of things wrong and still modestly improve. Um, so it's about your potential. It's about understanding what your performance potential is, what your improvement potential is, given your commitment level and your constraints, whether it's genetics or anything else. So what is possible for you to achieve? It's getting the most performance improvement out of your scarce resources, your time and energy. Um, so that understanding is that first crucial step. So why, like, why is that step so crucial? Understanding it. Well, you've got to value your your time and energy for one. Uh, so you you have to have a goal. You have to care about um, getting the most outcome and staying injury free. So you can't just um, be winging it. 
you know, you have to have a goal. And there's a common saying, you know, not just in triathlon, but everywhere, ignorance is bliss. So there's a lot of people don't know what their potential is. They don't know how effectively you can train and how quickly you can get to faster times or how much faster those times can actually be, just like Tracy in the warm-up. Um, and so it's, it's understanding that, first of all, what success is, that there is this potential of improvement and there is this potential within me. And then it's reconciling that and seeing the opportunity cost associated with that and having that visible, like here's how much I can improve by doing the right training right consistently, and here's what the cost will be otherwise. And a lot of people don't see the potential. They just accept um, yeah. kind of modest gains over time. It could be, uh, for example, you know, someone sets out a goal to finish an, an Ironman at the end of the year, and they go and do that. But they could have done it an hour faster. And to them, they, they accomplished their yeah. goal. And so, wow, I've done more than I've ever done. But accomplishing the goal doesn't mean you met your potential. And, and that's great, and it's fine. But, you know, I just, you know, if you truly want success to achieve your best or to push, stay injury-free, um, it's realizing that there's this greater potential um, possible. The potential in you and the potential to to train better. So you so you can do training and Correct. you can accomplish your goal, or you can do the training right, the right training right, right, and, and really so that benefits maximize. not just in time. So you could take um, an Ironman at the end of the year. You go do a thirteen hour Ironman when it could have been a twelve. You go do a you know eleven when it could have been a ten, or you know whatever that dif- difference is. Another thing is um, that you could shoot for a certain time. Like this potential is, I want to go sub, you know whatever sub eleven. Well, you could do it this year versus next year, two years. So there's this time element. Or uh, from a training perspective, a lot of people will go out there and they want to achieve a certain uh, t- uh, a goal time, target time they want to get there, but they don't want to do it on 20 hours training a week or 15 hours or whatever that is. And so you, by being more efficient with your time, you're able to do it in a more sustainable way, which means a happier family life. You can stay in the sport longer. Um, it's not sacrificing your career, the injuries from overtraining. There's so many other things that you can do by consistently doing the right training right. Um, and once you see and understand why that is and, and how that's truly possible, then you recognize that opportunity cost that there is, here's what success can be. And here is the delta between, you know, just going it alone, going with a you know traditional approach, um, non-optimized training, or, you know, just not doing the right training or not doing it right. Got it. So, so how did the phrase become consistently doing the right training right? Well, we talk about... Um, you know, what is the right training? That's kind of the, the last few words. It's consistently because there's no one one workout um, that's going to make or break your training. They're all important. And it's the collective impact of all of them. You know, just like investing. It's not just one big investment. Generally, it's people methodically, patiently investing wisely, consistently over a long period of time. You know, it's that same approach to training. It's not one workout. It's all of the workouts being tight and right. There's no overnight success in triathlon. Correct. Um and so that consistently is a very, very important thing. It's not perfection, um, so don't you know worry if you have to miss something here and there. And, and it's you know it's actually the opposite of that. Don't worry about those things as best you can. Be consistent as you can. Then the last two words um, are the same word, but it's right. It's used twice. So once is an adjective and once is an adverb. If I'm getting my grammar right, so it's the right training. That's Your grammar is better than my grammar. So <laughs> that's the what <laughs> right training. It, it's the that's the design the optimization of what should you be doing. So I know a lot of uh, you know, athletes will want to, you know, have a very specific plan, but it can be very specific and structured, but wrong. It's not, you know, what, what created that It's the wrong yeah. training. So they're not doing the right training. Even if they went and did it all right, it's not the training they should be doing. Yeah. Um, so this getting the right training, that's the what. So I think a lot of people fall into that. They, they, they see various blogs out there. They see, you know, this magazine, that magazine, this YouTube channel saying, oh, I do this workout. I do that workout. This professional triathlete says this is her favorite swim set. And, and so they're doing sets that are the good set. Yeah, they're perfectly fine sets. For but it's not someone the else. right training for them in <laughs> right. the right timing. At the right, right? time. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the, the what. And then the other doing the training right. And that's the how. That's the training execution. Um, and internally in Tryout, we have the, the word train X, which means training execution. How well did you accomplish that actual Correct. set? How did you conduct it? And it could be training for a session over a week. How well did you do a week's worth of training? And it weights and evaluates, you know, all the different complexities of that and gives you a score, 1 to 100. So the one word, right, two usages, one for the how or what training, and then how you do the training. And the, the important thing to realize here, and, and you know, as we're going through this podcast, is that both triath- uh, TriDot the optimization, the tool, the technology, and the athlete both have a role in both of those. So yeah. both an athlete and the technology um, are responsible, and they're, they're both required to make sure 
that both of those happen, that you get the what right and the how right. So the right training, so do, get, getting the right training right right is the key. Did you ever consider making it consistently do the correct training correctly? It just did. It just wasn't right. A little bit of a mouthful, right? Okay, right? so so we've yeah. covered a lot already uh, on just the kind of how that mantra came to be, uh, and we haven't even started on the how tos of yep. doing the right training right, and that's that's really where we want to dive in today. So let's really start walking through. We, we've identified these as the six how tos to helping athletes with this. So how to number one in doing the right training right is you got to optimize your training. Talk about this one, Elizabeth. Yep. Um, so, you know, we've mentioned this a little bit already that too many people are not doing the right training, must, much less doing the right training right. Um, and Tridot really makes this easy to do both. So, uh, Andrew, I know, as you mentioned, we're not going to go a whole lot into how Tridot optimizes training today. We can, you know, leave that for other podcasts. There's a lot of math and data and analytics in that. that yes, we, we just yeah. don't want to <laughs> dive into. We're not going to dive down that quite today. Although Jeff Boer would be more than happy to. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we could be here for five hours, but um, but we'll we'll save that for another time. But you know, truly, if you're not optimizing your training with Tridot, then you're simply not doing the right training. So you know, I kind of want to refer back to what Jeff had said about success. And the right training that we're talking about here is, is what's going to lead to success. So getting the maximum performance improvement out of your available time and energy. So you can't leave your, you know, training to trial and error, to philosophy, to theory or templates. Um, you know, athletes first have to decide to use the technology that's available to them in TriDot. Yeah. So, so I know that TriDot drives all of its training intelligently, you know, using data. And, and it always blows my mind when I hear some of the actual numbers behind uh, the results of TriDot training. So when we say that the training is optimized and that it's more beneficial than than a template or trial and error or different theories, uh, Jeff, what, what are some of the numbers behind that? How much of a, of a quantifiable difference does optimized training make for the athlete? Oh, well, good question. Like EJ said uh, a few minutes ago, you know, some of the how, like the, the actual technologies behind that, we can leave for other podcasts. And when you understand, when you when you get into what they are and what they do, then you're like, okay, well, I totally, I get it now. That that makes complete sense. I see how that's possible. Um, but to quantify it, and it's, you know, their averages, we, we do a preseason project um, annual year. And one of the big benefits of that is we're able to pull in several thousand athletes um, to that program. And we're able to get baseline numbers for all of them. And that program is how I discovered TriDot right. and became a TriDot athlete. And for a lot of folks, that's that's the, you know, you start using it and you're like, oh, this is great. And you yeah. stick with it. So yeah. So we have some that, that do engage and yeah. some that don't engage uh, for various number of reasons. Uh, so we have some that they'll come in, they'll get two free months training. Uh, we establish all their baseline abilities and they enter what races. And so we're able to track those athletes and what races they said that they were going to do and see where they started and then see where they ended up for their race. Um, later in the year. And then we can see those that opt to, to continue to use TriDot to optimize their training and how they do. So from that, we're able to have a baseline group and then a TriDot group. And we can look even drilling down on that, that baseline group to who did their own training, who used a template, who hired a coach, and all those stats as well. But in general, averaged out um, across about 13,000 athletes. So these are not highlights. This is the average improvement. Yeah. Uh, doing a, a full, you're going to increase almost an hour more using TriDot than not. And that's not people doing a 15-hour. That's The average is about 12.06, 12 hours and six minutes was about the average of the ability coming in okay. for those athletes. And so that's huge in about 28 minutes doing a 70.3. I mean, that's, that's massive, right? It's massive, and it's just <laughs> and it's, and it's training less. Yeah. Less training, better results. Because it's the right training. Injury-free. The right training done right leads to Correct. that difference. Correct. So, you know, today it's substantial. And I know, you know, someone hearing this for the first time today you know, the eyes roll. Yeah. Right. Whatever, you know, so listen to those podcasts and, and see, yeah, yeah, or yeah. try it for yourself and, and see. But again, um, you know, we can jump past that, that I guess hopefully quantifies a little bit about what we're talking about and the importance of just making that decision to, to have optimized training or not. Just to make me the concrete example. Cause again, I came in through preseason project, um, uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, let me try this for two months and see how it is. And, and, and so for someone like me, you know, my, if, if let's say my next race after preseason project was, Ironman Texas, it wasn't, but say it was, 
you know, so you're, you're comparing my results as an athlete that stuck with TriDot to an athlete that came on in the preseason project that also did Ironman Texas. Correct. And didn't stick with it and saying, okay, what was the difference between this guy that stuck with TriDot training and this guy that didn't? Yep. And so when, when you're giving that number, that number isn't just a handful of examples. That number is, you said 13,000? Yes. Uh, examples yep. of data points. And so we're able to take, we don't, we normalize all that. So we're able to take not just Ironman Texas, but all the different races. Yeah. And you look at the, the amount of time between when they started, um, did their first baseline initial assessments uh, to that race. And then we can normalize and average the improvement gain per week and then normalize that to an average weekly uh, improvement. And so we average that over four months, 16 weeks. So 16 weeks average improvement. And so we can look at all so, of the So a lot rate. of confirmation that those are the numbers. And That's all the of the different races are normalized yeah. uh, based on elevation and, and temperature and intensity. So there's not these differentials by having more people race hard races or easy races. Yeah. So all of that is normalized and accounted for. So what, what would you say to uh, athletes that say, I don't have enough time for structured training. This sounds great, but I just I don't have the time to do it. Well, you know, I'm so glad that you brought this up, Andrew, as this is something that I hear quite often. Um, so kind of the first thing that I want to go back to is, you know, when they're saying, I don't have enough time for structured training. Um, we, we still want to differentiate here that not just structured training, but optimized training. So you can be doing structured training, but it still might not be optimized training. Um, but then let's also think about this. If you're, if you're racing an event, then you are going to be training. You are going to be doing something to prepare yourself for that race. And then the less time that you have available to train for that event, the more important it is that the training you're doing is the right training, is the optimized training, and then that you're doing it right. I mean, that makes sense to me. I, I, I value my time and I don't want to waste my own time. And, and mm -hmm. you know, when I look back on my, you know, triathlete career before TriDot, I was like, man, I was just doing so many just, I, I thought it was fairly structured, but it was like, man, it was just so random compared to what I'm doing now. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, a lot of um, athletes just go out and work hard. Yeah. You, you, you accomplish volume and you try to say, I can go, you know, it's a 112 mile bike. I can ride 40 now and then 60 and then 80. And you just work up to it and think I'm improving or you just work really, really hard all the time and think you're getting fit just because you're better than you were yesterday or last week. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's get into the second, uh, how to, um, how to number two, you know, how to do the right training, right. Is this, you've got to feed quality data to your training. Jeff, can you, can you talk to me about how, why this is such an important how-to? It's, it's critical. Um, but in order to optimize anything, you know, something can't be improved if it can't be measured. And so that's the key to optimization is measuring and getting the data. So it's just like nutrition. You've heard the saying go, you, you are what you eat. If you eat junk, you know, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to have, yeah. have problems. Well, in data, in IT, information technology, there's a saying that's garbage in, garbage out. So if you put garbage, it doesn't matter how good the, the program is or whatever it is. If you have junk data going in, you're going to have junk stuff coming out. So realizing that and, and having the best data that you can going in. So anything that's uh, provided or prescribed can only be as good as that data. So it starts with, um, you know, assessments and, and, you know, connecting your data. And so I'll go through a few of those that are really key to do. Yeah. But I think when we talk about this, uh, it's like, um, I don't know if our listeners remember the movie Jerry Maguire. Quality Tom Cruise movie. Quality Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's talking to the athlete, and the athlete's just acting, behaving, making it really hard for him. And he's a sports agent. Yeah, he's a sports agent. So he's trying to get him this new contract with a lot of money, and he's just not cooperating. He's not doing things that make him, you know, very endearing to um, to this process. Yeah. So um, Jerry, Tom Cruise is pleading with him, help me help you. And he says it over help and over, over again. me help you. Like, can you understand? I'm doing this for you. Is that how you feel is the brains behind TriDot to athletes? Well, sometimes you do. You want you want the data to be able to do it. Um, and, and if you and give us good data, if you, yeah. if you keep your assessments <laughs> up to date, if you if you give us, you know, the quality power numbers and heart rate yeah. numbers, that's what helps us help the athletes. Actually, and, but they're not, even athletes that have been tracking and doing all this stuff forever, they're not really using their data yeah. for their training. And they don't understand the big difference. So they're used to looking at it and seeing what happened yesterday and, and tracking. And they can cite all these numbers and stats. But none of that tells them what to do tomorrow or in the future. They're still using theory, whatever they feel like, tradition, trial and error. And so, but we're actually using it and it makes a difference. Uh, so that's so, so important. So when an athlete, you know, just from their biographical information, how, what's your body composition? How long have you been doing the sport? How much adapt, you know, adaptation has been going on? Are you a lifetime runner? You know, those people are going to train differently, be trained differently. Um, so it's, it's be sure to connect your devices, your training devices to TriDot. 
Um, it's a more is better. More data. Approach. More data is better. Yeah. So don't sweat it if you don't have something. It's, it's not possible. You know, if you don't have it, you don't have it. But whatever you do have, um, if you don't have the power use meter, it, connect it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's easy. A lot of the watches now, Garmin Health. Connect your Garmin Health. That gives your sleep and your stress and your resting heart rate and a whole bunch of great data in there. So connect that also. Not just your activity, but your Garmin Health. Uh, make sure your assessments are updated. Uh, connecting your genetics, your genome. That's They have... have uh, discounts all the time on getting that done, especially around Christmas. Um, you can even use uh, your FSA and HSA, you know, use it or lose it spending from your company. You can yeah. use that to buy your kits. Not only do you see your ancestry, but you can use your genome and put that in to try it out. We're going to optimize it based on your your genetics. Um, so that's just, just incredibly important to include all that. And I'm going to interject here for just a second. You know, I think we touched on this a little bit, but it's worth going back to as important as all of this is, um, we still aren't going to worry about perfection. So, I mean, even me, every personality profile that I take comes back as perfectionism, as my top quality. I can see that. Well, yeah, really? <laughs> as a coworker to Elizabeth James, oh, I can yeah, see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, <laughs> nobody does her, her the right training more rightly than on our staff than Elizabeth. <laughs> That's why she's a pro and I'm an I'm the average triathlete. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even with my perfectionism um, and as much as I would love if the data were perfect, that's it's just not a realistic expectation. So it's not about perfection. I mean, the data isn't perfect. It never will be. So provide the high-quality data that you can, and then Trotout is going to optimize based on that best possible available. Yep, that's kind of goes back to the the more data that you have, the ignorance is bliss. You know, once you start tracking stuff, you see, see, start seeing problems with yeah. it. Yeah, you don't track it, you don't <laughs> see the problems with it, and so your training's not accurate. But even in the best, you know, Garmin files, they're going to have issues with connectivity and Bluetooth and interference from your Wi-Fi, and there's going to be gaps of time. And sometimes you get done, and you have the heart rate monitor on, and it just didn't. Yeah, record. don't yeah, sweat it. Don't you know one one session? You know that is just it's not going to impact the overall. It's not going to override and tank your whole training, especially if if you're doing consistently. Right, it's about the yeah. consistently. It's a cumulative impact of all that. And so don't you know throw the it's like the throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know while it's true that you are what you eat, um, the last thing you want to do is starve your training, starve your training from having data, because your training effectiveness will surely die if it's not being fed with any data. So more is better. More quality is better, but make sure you're getting whatever you can to the best of your ability um, as you train. Got it. So now, now that you're feeding the data as an athlete back into your training program, and that data is is good quality data, that's when TriDot can do the best job of optimizing your training and prescribing the right training. You know, TriDot at that point can really make sure that the what training that you're doing is is right. Yeah, <laughs> lots of what's and rights and how tos, and I love this episode. Uh, so how let's go on the how to number three the 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 third how to in making sure you're doing the right training right is to be intentional with each session. Oh gosh, guys, I I love this one. In my home gym, I actually have this written: be intentional as like a visual and constant reminder for me. Guys, remember us talking about Elizabeth being a perfectionist? She she has a be intentional sign <laughs> in her pain game. We we all have like you know just our medals hanging and not Elizabeth James. A be intentional sign is on the wall. So 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 like like, like what does that mean, guys? Does, does this involve stuff like? You know, what's my focus in this particular training session uh, or like, you know, h- how do you do each session correctly? Is this where we start getting into into those kind of nitty gritty details? It is. It's um, more than just understanding the purpose. Um, we'll give you some some details. So you want to, you know, read, understand the session, what it's supposed to be. And sometimes, especially new to different um, new to the sport and you haven't done things, you don't know swim terms. So it's looking some of those up. Sometimes you're there and you can't look it up. Just do the best you can. Again, it's not any one session. Figure it out after next, you know, after the session. Next time that session comes up, you'll know. Learn and move on. So don't get hung up on perfection, but it's the consistency. So yeah, when I started, the the swim clock is what really like is like it was like do such and such on two forty. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that yeah. mean? Like send offs yeah. versus yeah <laughs> intervals. Um, so you know, there's a there's a great resource um, for for TrainX. That's our training execution. So if you go to tryout.com forward slash TrainX, it talks about. Uh, the TrainX and what it is, training execution, the TrainX uh, session scores. And so that's what we'll focus on a little bit today. They also score TrainX scores, you know, a week and a multi-week. So you can kind of look at how you've done executing your training over, over time. How over consistent time. Have and you that been? goes to the consistency. Exactly right. And then we can track consistent training with the outcomes. Those who weren't consistent, 
what outcomes do they have? Those were consistent. What outcomes do they have? And those that were consistent, you found are better. Yeah, uh, as you'd expect. Go and figure. Then, so <laughs> then we can optimize further. Um, so on the training session scores, um, they look at, at multiple factors throughout, which is the session objectives, the training intensities, the intervals, the rest, the durations, um, many many other things, and they score on a one to a hundred um, score. So again, it's not about the grade itself, the grade is helpful and it's user facing. So the athletes can see that it's not, uh, we don't use the actual score in optimization. All the data that formulates that score is used in the optimization. It's much, much more granular, but this gives the athletes one specific number to look at. And again, it's not perfection. Um, things can happen for a multitude of different reasons. You can get scores. Um, sometimes the data is not there. We have sets where you're on and off the bike and the data doesn't exist for that. It's changing from power to, you know, you're doing. I, I've seen athletes like, oh, my training score wasn't 100 on this episode. I yeah, got off and, and it's natural. I mean, because yeah. we're type A, we're wanting to score. Yeah. I, you know, I get it completely. But but think about like, uh, you know, a kid, if, if you think back to when you were a kid and you were in a class, would you rather get an A on an easy test where you didn't learn anything in that class? Or would you rather get a B or a C on something that really challenged you and, and taught you something that's going to change the rest of your life? The, the, a, Honestly, the a is uh, your more choice. affirming, so I'm going <laughs> to... You know, but, no, no, I get what you're but, saying. But there's that maturity. At first, you may, yeah, easy A. As a child, you're going to say one thing, but as you grew up, like, you know, the teachers that you remember the most were not the easy teachers that gave the, the high grades necessarily. Yeah. They're the ones that challenged you. And so have that mature the, the, the mindset. The college courses I, I remember that yeah. I hold on to were the ones where I really dug in and learned, not necessarily the uh, uh, the extracurriculars right. I took for the easy A. Yeah. Right. And so it's the same way here with the, with those scores. So understand it's the fitness, it's the training. And if you did that to the best of your ability, mission accomplished. Then use that score for what it's worth. You'll notice the scores do get better and it is a skill to start learning and pacing yourself better so that you don't blow up at the end or have too much left or overshoot it, you know, all of that. So, so Jeff, can you kind of just just give us the tangible, maybe some tips for how to execute our sessions right, how to do the right training right in each session? Absolutely. So the score, the beautiful thing about the score, train X score, is that it's directly aligned with, you know, increasing that score is directly aligned with your training effectiveness. So the same things that drive that score up are the same things that will make you do the training better. Or when you do the training better, the score goes up. So they're um, high, high correlation other than when there's instances where, you know, the data doesn't exist or is more of an anomaly. So the first thing and the most important thing is to make sure that you understand and know what your training intensities are. Um, so keeping in mind that we environment normalize those intensities because if you're going out to do a quality session of, of intervals, you know, a 10 seconds faster or slower is a big deal. So... We environment normalize that. If you're working out inside on a tre uh, treadmill or smart trainer, it's very different than working outside in 80 degrees or running in the morning, you know, when it's in the 50s compared to high humidity outside yeah. in the 80s. And so make sure that that it's in the right, you know, those settings are correct. It automatically picks those up when you when you look at your smart Well, and like, like last night, uh, you know, all of us tried out staff together for, for you know, some some items this weekend. And, and John Mayfield and myself went for a run with Elizabeth James. And, and we all had a zone two run prescribed uh, for the week, uh, but John and I had to exit zone two and climb into zone three uh, to keep up with Elizabeth during her zone zone two. So we, we knew what our zone was going right. into the session, and we we you know we cheated a little bit in in going above it. But and yeah, and I'd say that's fine. You guys don't get to train together, and that's a, that's the important part. You're sacrificing fitness. It would have been better to stay in your zone two, but you made a Thanks, conscious Elizabeth. a conscious value <laughs> Sorry, decision I that I would rather workout. run with my friends, my coworkers, yeah. uh, for this one session, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. do that. That's the right choice. But but that's the example in, in how knowing your zones. Yeah, you is know important. what they are. You're yeah. conscious of, of what they are, and you make and so again, you're making a deliberate conscious you're decision. You're not just going out for a run. Yeah, you're going and, out oh, for crap. a and then imagine run. Uh, an ignorant you know, not knowing what they are, you run that pace and then you do that routinely and repeatedly, then that's where you run into problems. Um, most people do that. Most people train too hard on the easy days and then too easy on the hard days. So knowing what your targets are and nailing them as best you can. Uh, when it comes to quality sessions, that's where you have any intensity prescribed above zone two. Uh, so it's a very intentional, the, the effort or the intent there and the prioritization should be on completing all of that intensity over just doing the duration of the workout. So if you have an hour and includes all this intensity in the middle, the hour is not as important by far uh, compared to getting all those sets in. So get the sets in. That's that's the main thing. It's like my, my run tonight is supposed to be an hour and five minutes with 32 minutes at with some fart-like intervals. Correct. Uh, and so getting those 32 minutes at intensity. That's the main thing. Okay. Correct. Um, 
And then, and so your train X score is weighted appropriately, you know, adequately. So if you get the 20, you know, the, the hour and five, but not the intensity, it's going to be a lower score than if you got the intensity, but not the hour five. And so make those smart decisions. So if you're working on another workout, um, that's, uh, let's say it's a non, it's not a recovery session for a bike run. Um, the preferred metric to look at would be power or pace. So you're doing, again, a quality session, go for power pace, not heart rate. Don't go off a of heart rate. All right. We're looking at the external indicator, um, and metric for measuring your output. Um, so how, how can we as an athlete know when a session on our training plan is supposed to be for recovery and not to, to build power or something? So a couple ways. One is it'll show you the primary zone. If all the, all the work is in zone two, it might say recovery run, easy run, uh, easy ride, whatever, anything like that that says either in the title, the description, or if it says all zone two, or if in the the breakdown of time and zone says all zone two, basically it's not all zone two, but it's just nothing in three, four, five. And so that's a recovery session instead of a quality session. So if you have a recovery, so what you do in a recovery session is you're not going by pace um, because external doesn't matter. You're recovering and it's about what's happening inside. And so on the recovery sessions, you're using heart rate as a preferred metric. So gauge your heart rate. Don't go above that certain top of zone two heart rate because the external doesn't matter. The internal is what we're going so for. So when John there. and I left our zone two heart rate <laughs> last night, we our bodies were not no longer active in active recovery like Elizabeth's was. Yeah, exactly right. So there's a big difference um, between that internal and external uh, measures of, of exertion. So so when you're looking at these different um, intensities and, and the different types of sessions, always make sure that you're focused on the right metric. And then don't even worry about the other one. So focus on the right one and don't even be worried about the wrong one. You're focused on heart rate. Stay focused on heart rate. Don't worry about your pace. Correct. If you're focused on hitting paces and intensities, don't worry about your heart rate. Exactly. Okay. And over time, your your pace, you'll be able to hold a faster pace at a lower heart rate. But that's not the objective of that one session. Yeah. That's that's an over time metric. So look at that metric over time. Don't worry about the pace today. Look at that pace difference per that heart rate in two, three months. So another thing um, that you look at for the scores is, you know, whenever you have a smart trainer and you're dialing in your power exactly, obviously those scores are going to be very high because it's forcing you to do exactly the right workout. I get hundreds every time on Zwift. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's a great tool. It's a great way to do it. Um, Another thing is always do the warm up. So this is a tip. There's uh, it's incredibly valuable to have that muscle activation. Um, You're turning on, you're switching on your muscles. And so those warm-ups are specific. You do them multiple times, multiple, you know, zone four efforts, threshold efforts on the bike or strides or whatever drills that you're doing on the bike, run, swim. Those are incredibly important because they're activating, turning on those muscles. Um, And so really doing doing your warm-up is part of doing the right training right. It is absolutely because otherwise you're going to habituate. You're not going to use those muscle groups and you're going to use other muscles to compensate for those. It's going to lead to the habituation of, of poor form over time that leads to injury. So it's very critical. But sometimes um, if there truly isn't enough time um, to do that, just do whatever warm-up you can and then do the main set. So the main set is the fitness. So if you have a, you know, above zone two workout, you need to get that fitness done. So do what activation you can, get the get the fitness portion get of that. Get a warm-up in, even if it's yeah. abbreviated. Even if it's abbreviated, get that done, but get the main set done. And once in a while, that's not as harmful as, as repeated. Um doing that. And so if there's really not enough time, just, you just focus on that. So always focus, no matter what you're doing on good form, um, and forming good habits, both, you know, physically and mentally. So what, like, what, what's an example of a mental habit? Um, there's a lot of mental toughness. Sometimes it's just pushing through when you're racing hard or you're training hard sets. It can be, you can draw back on those memories of those, those times that you're really pushing yourself in a race when the race gets hard and you're pushing yourself. I think a, a positive mental attitude for a lot of, of athletes, when you're starting, you go, you, you get this thought of, you know, I have to do this training or, oh, it's going to be hard or, oh, you know, and just to remember, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, triathlon is not for sissies. This is a hard <laughs> sport. It involves work. We get to do this. When you wake up and you have a hard, challenging set in front of you, and it's going to be a lot of work. Relish the challenge. Exactly. Uh, you get to do that. So keeping like, this is a privilege. I'm healthy. You know, I'm here doing a sport that I love. And so keeping that mindset, those things that that you do during every um, every training session, and they affect the way that you perform. And your numbers are going to reflect it. Your training effectiveness, is. it all starts with what's in your head um, when you when you start off. I feel like you know, like we're only on how-to number three. But, but I feel like we've covered like 15 how-tos at this point. <laughs> oh, Ed, um, I like the analogy. You're, you're unlocking your potential. Okay, so each of these how-tos represents one key to unlocking one component of that potential. 
And so for every key, you know, for every person, it's a different lock. And so all the little teeth that come off that key yeah. are going to be slightly different for different people. Different things that I've said are going to resonate differently. Some people have all the bells and whistles, um, uh, their equipment, um, but theirs is the mental, the self-discipline, the who knows what. Some other people are um, just understanding. So it's educating what is my zone and why does this matter? Other people, it's upgrading equipment, making choices, not spending it on you know one thing, their, their limited resources, spending it on something else. Some people, it's making the value judgment. Do I run with friends on this day or not run with friends day? What is that trade-off? So those keys and the teeth on the keys are different from each person. And there's a bunch of them to consider. And that's one thing that you, you learn over time, um, through education, through podcasts. And, and if, if this podcast is a key and the how to's on this podcast are, are little notches in the key, this episode is, it's, it's much less like a modern (laughs) car key and much more like an ancient cryptic Egyptian mummy (laughs) movie tomb key. Uh, I'll tell you that much, but, uh, so, so Moving on to how-to number four, although it feels like how-to number 44. Uh, Let's dive into this. Um, The how-to of using the resources that are available to you. Yeah, so um, not only does TriDot provide athletes with, you know, the right optimized training to maximize their personal success, but we provide resources to help you properly execute those sessions as well. Um, I have the pleasure to lead some of our athlete orientation sessions each week where I'll connect with the athletes that are getting started or are interested in starting their TriDot training. And the feedback that our team has gotten from those sessions is incredibly positive. Um, athletes often leave those calls and those orientation sessions saying that they feel equipped with the resources to carry out their prescribed training sessions. And, and then they also know where to go should additional questions arise along the way. So um, I want to take just a few moments here to talk about some of those resources that are available uh, first and foremost, this probably goes back to my background in education again. I, I frequently tell athletes to, you know, just stop and ask directions. Um, you know, we've been emphasizing the importance of consistently doing the right training right. So, you know, if you as an athlete just aren't sure how to do the session in the correct way, uh, then ask. Hey, uh, and, and we see this in our athletes. You know, we, we see when athletes first come on, I mean, they'll on the I Am Trotout Facebook group or to the, the support uh, a portion of the TriDot website, they'll, they'll have a bunch of questions. And then as they slowly start figuring it out, those questions become less and less and less. But it's good that they have that understanding mm-hmm. because they stop to ask the questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what we, you know, as a TriDot team, our, our fantastic coaches, the community of athletes that you mentioned as a whole, that's that's what we're here for. So, I mean, that group that you mentioned, and, you know, we said it again on the warm-up, is a fantastic resource. And all of our athletes have the ability to discuss their training questions with thousands of others. So our, our coaches are also in that group chiming in to respond with questions about session execution. And then, you know, for those that are interested in working directly with a coach, that subscription option is available as well. Um, you know, in addition to our online community, we also have a full-time support team that is available to assist our athletes. And then, you know, even beyond the real-life, real-time human assistance, athletes have access to a bunch of resources on their athlete dashboard. So within each workout session, and I know we, you know, just briefly touched on this earlier in the podcast too, there, there are some session notes that, you know, detail how to carry out a prescribed workout session. Yeah, I, I didn't, it's funny you say, I didn't even realize that when I first came to, to try it out. I, w- I would look at just real quickly what the session was and I would, okay, cool, I, I got it, got it in my head. And, and then uh, I was on try it out for months before I actually realized, oh, try it out gives me specific notes, specific instructions for uh, I, I think there was a bike workout where um, I, I was supposed to uh, hold a certain power at a certain cadence, and I had not been doing that all along. I had just been like, for my zone four and five stuff uh, on the bike, I was just holding a really high cadence to help me through those sessions, and it really helped me start building up some leg strength when I did what the session notes told me to do, right? So so I, I, I totally like that. That's such a great resource that's there, and, and seeing that TriDot knows that, hey, when you look at this session, uh, there's a certain way you need to execute it, and and any specific notes that you're supposed to do are are, are there for you on the session. So, Andrew, I, I'm guessing you did not take advantage of one of those orientation sessions. What's great is I did not. <laughs> I did not. I came on through the preseason project, and uh, I skipped my orientation call that was uh, offered to me, 
and uh, I just I, I didn't Busted. ask for directions. <laughs> I, I just started. I was like, oh, I'm I'm a millennial. I'll figure this this platform out really easily. And yeah, I had a lot of questions, and I, I figured a lot of things out the hard way as I went. So, <laughs> if, if if you're coming on, if you're new, if you're joining, uh, uh, take take advantage of the resources there because it was it was a little while before I I had the right training available to me, but I was not doing it right correctly uh right away so mm -hmm. well and i mean you know we we do want to offer those opportunities for continued education and continued assistance on executing those sessions and so you know we we mentioned those session notes um and and that's one part of it in in addition to that the workout sessions also include some embedded explanations or videos of drills such as the dynamic warm-up drills for the run sessions or the swim drills that are included within a swim set um so those are you know directly linked to the daily workout sessions that can also be found in our knowledge base. I like to, you know, think of our knowledge base as like a triathlon library where athletes have access to videos, webinars, and articles on basically all things triathlon related from run biomechanics to information on nutrition considerations for racing. Um, and, you know, then if you're listening to this, then you know we have our podcast as well for continued education. Ah, uh, yes, the Tried Out Podcast. What, what a wonderful tool. My personal favorite, by the way, my personal favorite. <laughs> favorite and, and I'll, I'll say this like i really like how tridot has taken the effort to whether you are, are new to the sport and you're a beginner or whether you've been doing this for a long time like the resources available can help you no matter where you are in your journey absolutely i think that um i mean we tr there's a line you don't want to overwhelm beginners or people new to the system so it's how much do you provide and how much do you make available you know too much is overwhelming yeah and then you have to you know go look for the other stuff so there's that balance and everyone's different um, but I'd say that, that we found that the resources are even more meaningful for the veterans. They don't realize it at first. And I think you might've fallen into the veteran category, uh, because you've been doing triathlons before. Yeah. And so there's things that you already years. know. So, um, why I say that for more important for the veterans is, is a Mark Twain is actually a quote. I don't know if they attribute it to him or not. I often see that, but it says the problem is not what you don't know. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. So for a lot of uh, newbies coming in beginners they don't know and they're eager to look and ask and and access the resources yeah but there's so many people that have been doing triathlon for a long time and just going with you know common knowledge what everyone else is saying and tradition and believing a lot of things um and and what they've learned has been in the absence of real cause and effect data so a lot of the things they know and believe um are not correct and so in reading some of the resources and 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 the tools and materials, they're able to go, oh, and, you know, light bulbs go on and they have a different approach. But in the absence of that, um, they persist in, in bad habits or, you know, bad behaviors in their training. I, I, what it reminds me of is, is just even how, how we are in our lives, right? When you're born and you're a child, you know, you look at your parents and teachers and adults and you're like, oh, my gosh, like I need to learn so much. They know everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you become a preteen and a teenager and, and maybe even into young adulthood. And you're like, oh, you know, my, my, my parents don't know anything. I know everything. I have all the right answers. Because yep. you know a little bit. You, yep. you've, you've under, you understand a little bit about how life works. Uh, but And then once you become an adult and you're out in the real world, you're like, oh, my gosh, I know nothing. Yep. <laughs> you know, all the adults older than me. And you go back to realizing you, that it's, to me it's kind of like that in your triathlon journey when you're brand new to the sport. You know, you, you recognize, oh, all these people know more than me. Mm -hmm. But once you've done a few races, maybe even a half or a full and you've been in the sport two, three, four, five, six years, you know, you might be like that teenager that thinks they got everything figured out mm -hmm. when in fact there's this whole world of stuff that, that you don't even know that you're not open to because you think you know. But that reminds me of something in, in business, um, now being the CEO of a company, um, you're running other companies and helping being senior management and executive, you know, you've always, and whatever manager, you're sitting at the executive table and the, the guy, you know, the boss at the end, uh, you always think they don't know what they're talking about. You know, they're they're mistaken, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And if I was running this company, yeah, yeah, and that's the perception. And and you 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 think that way. And then now sitting where I am today at, at the end of the table, I realize how true that is. Yeah, that the guy at the end of the table, you don't know what you're doing. You're there's so much more to learn than you've learned. And and it's just a kind of a, a unique thing. Your your context of what you and believe. you're figuring it out. And you're yeah. looking to resources available to yep. you to improve, just like athletes should do in their training. Use the resources that are there that are available that can help you grow. There there are people. No matter where, what your station is in life, there are people that have come before you and know more than you. Absolutely. And you should take the time to learn from them. So. Let's learn a little bit more with how-to number five. The fifth how-to in doing the right training right is to make the most of plan B. Elizabeth, what does this mean? 
So, I mean, we've already touched on my perfectionism. So, it, you know, it's this is a good one for me to talk about as well. Just a, some self-reflection here. Um, you know, making the most of plan B. This is making intelligent adjustments when life happens and determining, you know, what the right training becomes when you can't feasibly do what's prescribed in plan A, uh, because this is going to happen. Okay. You are going to have to make some adjustments. So let's say that you're looking at your weekly schedule. Um, you know, what's there on your training plan, what's optimized for you for the upcoming week. And if you can complete some of that, but not all of it, then, then let's talk about where the priority should lie. So if you're able to complete some, but not all of it for the given week, um, prioritize those long sessions, the longest ones of the week, especially if you are in a race preparation phase where that week to week long session duration is, is kind of building. Um, after those longest sessions, then you want to prioritize the quality sessions where you have the most intensity. So then your, your weekly train X score is going to be weighted off of those most important sessions. So your long one, and then the ones with the most intensity. You, you certainly want to avoid moving sessions from their prescribed days if you can, um, but then, you know, do it if you must and don't sweat it. That's life. Because the plan B is is rolling with it, rolling with mm -hmm. life, rolling with what comes your way, rolling with what can sometimes get in between you and the ideal training schedule and knowing how to prioritize these sessions like you're talking about, right? And we all live on plan B. Mm -hmm. we, we all, yeah, we all, I mean, you, you might have the occasional week where everything just clicks and you get all your workouts in exactly when you want to, but for for the most weeks, there is a plan B adjustment made somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yep. And, and if you are going to make those adjustments, you know, really think of the prioritization in doing that. So if you're able to, you know, m maybe move things around so that you're still hitting those longer sessions and the higher intensity sessions, you know, scoring well on those long and quality sessions is going to be of a much higher priority than just merely accumulating time distance or the total number of completed sessions. So, you know, if some training is not feasible for you in a given week, then it, quality over quantity is real. Yes, yep. absolutely. And don't, don't move a session, a non-quality session ahead. So it, it hinders a quality session. So just because you missed something, don't feel like you have to move it ahead a day if it's going to jeopardize another session. So it's not about getting it all in. It's about, you know, being smart. If some training is not feasible for you in a given week, if it's not feasible, then it's not the right training for you. Your life happens first, then your you know, the best training possible happens around that. Yeah, I love that. That's, I mean, just as an athlete with a life, that's all of us, right? That's super, that's super helpful to have that mindset. So uh, let's move on to the last and final, how to do the right training right. How to number six is trust the process. And, and this is all about letting go of the, the old school training mindset that, that, you know, you have to do all this mileage and all these long sessions to be ready for race day. Uh, you, you just have to lean in and, and trust the process. Um, Elizabeth, tell me about this. So particularly in the endurance community, there are some old school training mindsets that are hindering athletes from maximizing their potential. Uh, one example of this is the kind of once traditional base phase or the LSD, the long, slow distance, where athletes will continue to accumulate a lot of miles at a very easy effort level. Um, and, you know, while long sessions play an important role, we did just discuss that, the, the amount of long sessions that you have to do and the length of that longest session is often exaggerated in this old school mindset. Um, athletes often don't need the volume that they think they do. And Tridot structures training to be fast before far and strong before long, prescribing training for each athlete that produces their best possible race result. So the workouts are prescribed and are optimized for each athlete based off of 11,000 simultaneous calculations. Wow. So, oh yeah, very, <laughs> very, very specific. And I mean, this just goes to show that everything on your training plan is intentional and to trust the process of that. And, you know, once you've experienced the process, you'll not only have an understanding, but also for, I mean, but also a big appreciation for the process. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. So when we say trust the process, Andrew, it's not um, this blind trust or don't ask any questions, just trust. It's not that at all. It's a matter of that that understanding often comes later. Don't wait to execute until you understand. And um, I think, of you know, all of, uh, most of us listening here are, are likely parents 
um, or at least we know who parents, everyone had parents. Uh, so when we raised our kids, you know, we taught them to say thank you, yes sir, yes ma'am, for, um, and, and to take those actions uh, long before they understood what gratitude was, what respect was, what humility was. They just said those things. They didn't know why they said those things, um, but they did those. And over time, that understanding came. And every once in a while, you'd, you'd have someone say, oh, that's okay. They don't need to be formal or they don't need to, you don't need to, you know, that you can. You're like, well, that's not the point. Yeah, the, the <laughs> point is, is it is eventually yeah. respect for other people and showing gratitude to other people. But my primary reason, my wife and I, um, our primary reason for our, for teaching our children, that was for our children's benefit. It was to teach them and to mold their hearts and their characters um, to develop, um, you know, over a lifetime. So they're going to respect people and show gratitude and humility. And so when we were approaching our, our workout and we see a warm up or this drill or that set would be easier to do than this other set. Um, and we're saying it and you may not agree with it, or understand or see how that could possibly be. I just encourage everyone to just to do it. Just like you said, just lean into it, do it, stay in zone two. If you're supposed to don't, you know, do the longer run. Don't, Double up. You missed one yesterday. There's reasons for all of this, whether you fully understand them or not. And in time, you're going to understand that. You're going to go, aha. And you'll, if again, go back to the Facebook group, I am trying it. You see, I, I, re, I get it now. Okay. Okay. I wish I'd uh, you know, implemented this, you know, many yeah. seasons ago or done earlier. But, but just trust the process, trust the others, trust people who've been there before, just like kids trust their parents and sometimes don't trust them. They just do what they're told. Uh, so if that's what it <laughs> takes, do what you're told. Your coach is telling you and, and you'll understand and be better for it because everyone's here uh, just to develop and, and we're committed to the, the success of our athletes. And that's why everything's there. So in a way, it's like, Tridot founder and CEO Jeff Boer is the father to all of us <laughs> athletes that are like his children that are just saying, oh, no. yes, sir, I'm trusting the process. I'm doing the workout. So we just covered so much great stuff about how to do the right training right, how to execute our training, how to execute every session, and, and kind of how we joked about. There was six keys in there, but there was a lot of uh, uh, great stuff to how – there's a lot of how-tos and how to do those six keys correctly – and so, but before we go, just real quickly, I want to make sure everybody remembers and takes away, these are the six how-tos and how to do the right training right. Uh, how-to number one is you've got to optimize your training. You heard firsthand just the data behind the proven benefit to optimize training over random training or, or even cookie-cutter non-optimized training plans. Only optimized training can provide the right training for you to then set out to try to do correctly. Uh, How-to number two was you have to feed quality data into your training. The better the data, the better the program knows you, and the better the training prescribed will be. How-to number three is be intentional with each session. The better you execute each workout on your training plan, the more fitness benefit you will derive from that workout. How-to number four was to use the resources available to you. If you have a question about how to do the right training right, ask a coach. Find the video that shows you how to do that drill, how to do that warm-up. Pay attention to the session notes uh, that are there to help you nail each workout. Stop and ask for directions as needed along the way. How-to number five is to make the most of plan B. Logistically, with life, not every workout can be done perfectly as scheduled and prescribed. Be flexible. Do as much of the quality work as you can and don't stress about the small adjustments you have to make along the way. And finally, how-to number six is trust the process. The workout, the warm-ups, and the drills given to you are all there for a reason, and they're optimized to be the best set for you on that day. So know that you're doing the right set, and go out there and do it right. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. And with that, we are going to cool things down with a segment that we call the Tridot Top 10. Friend of the podcast, Coach John Mayfield, is joining us to help us count down today's Top 10. John, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Yep, yep. So recently, we polled triathletes on our social media asking a very simple question. What is your A race next season? After all, doing the right training right is all in hopes of crushing it on race day. Uh, we had some great responses with over 62 different races mentioned. Uh, and here are the TriDot top 10 results. I'll start with number one. The most athletes that listened, their A race this year is Ironman Texas. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed seeing that because I 
and we're racing Ironman Texas this year. You guys are probably going to get sick of me talking about the way I feel leading up to race day, but I'm excited to have a lot of friends of the podcast out there on the course with me. Elizabeth, what is race number two? So number two is also an early season race. Um, I guess kind of not surprising that both of our top two races were early season. I think a lot of people are focused on those first couple months of the They're year. They're ready to get going. Looking, yeah, looking to get going. So our uh, second top 10 is uh, Ironman Texas 70.3 in Galveston. Yeah, I know people are, are love coming down to Texas for that one. Uh, it's, it's right at the start of the season. They can get their season started, you know, right there get cracking, get going. And we have a lot of people travel from all over the country to Texas to, to do that race. So uh, not surprising to see it. Number two, John, what is number three? Opposite end of the season. Uh, we start things off in Texas, end things out in Arizona. So Ironman, Arizona, number three. John, are you not an Ironman Arizona finisher? I am a two-time Ironman Arizona <laughs> finisher. It's my Ironman PR, one of my favorites of the year. And I look forward to being there. Outstanding. Number four is Ironman Canada that none of us have done. Uh, so a lot of uh, trotters going up north for Ironman Canada should be a beautiful race uh, above the border. And uh, Elizabeth, what is number five? So number five is a new race for 2020. It is Memphis 70.3. And I will be there as well. It warms my heart to see my A races next year also being done by so many athletes. Uh, so if you see me out on course, uh, I'll be in the middle of the pack. You can find me there. Not in the front, not in the back, right in the middle. Uh, high five me. Uh, Memphis should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, John, what's number six? Another new race, Ironman Tulsa. So full Ironman, uh, first time in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's a lot of fun doing an inaugural race. So um, I, I can see the appeal of people choosing to go to Ironman Tulsa. Uh, first time race up there should be really, really cool. Uh, number seven is age group nationals. We have a lot of athletes saying that they have qualified and they are going to be racing in age group nationals, uh, which is in Milwaukee this go around so we'll see a lot of you out there elizabeth what's number eight so number eight headed uh quite a ways up north again is montreal i have a canadian uh triathlete friend of mine who i, I met at a race um in another country and he kind of third wheeled the whole week with my wife and i uh his name is mike uh so shout out to mike he does ironman mount tremblant almost every year uh keeps trying to talk me into it says that it is just the most beautiful course um, so Mike, if you're listening, have a good time in Mount Tremblant and all of our athletes doing Mount Tremblant, uh, enjoy it. It's a really, really, uh, well-regarded course. Uh, John, what is race number nine that people are doing? Race number nine is not a race. It's a series of races. Oh, it is twist. local sprint races, which, okay. uh, may be me. Uh, I haven't raced a sprint in several years, but, uh, still, uh, Giving it maybe giving it a go and, and a local sprint race may be my A race for the year. All right, that's awesome. You don't always have to go long. You don't have to make it an Ironman for it to be a big race. Uh, for a lot of folks, the the awesome local sprint down the, down the road is the A race, and we love that. We support that. Uh, we love hearing about how you do at the local race. Uh, number ten, we had a two way tie, so it's kind of like a little bonus action. Uh, but number ten, we have a lot of athletes heading to Ironman Maryland and Ironman St. George. Uh, so enjoy the scenery at both of those. Ironman St. George, I know, is is back on the circuit. Uh, some challenging hills out there, I hear. Uh, but both of those should be some great races with a lot of athletes. Uh, man, guys, we had just a ton of great responses. I mean, there's there's athletes doing 70.3 uh, Worlds in New Zealand. There's athletes doing races in the UK. There's athletes uh, doing some of the some of the big races down in Mexico. And um, try, you know, there's just Try out athletes all over the world, just crushing it at races all over the world. So uh, we'll have to make sure we get some athletes on the podcast talking about the awesome races you guys go out and crush. So thanks so much for the results. Um, here at TriDot, something I want to highlight before we end today, uh, with athletes racing all over the world, we do have an awesome thing called TriDot at the Races, where we send a few TriDot coaches and ambassadors to major races to help prepare and support the athletes racing there. Now, John, you lead a majority of our Try Not At The Races events. So, so tell us real quick uh, what what we do at these events and kind of to ha- kind of help athletes get ready for their race. So uh, it, it really varies by venue and race distance. Um, over the last several years, we've concentrated on the, the Ironman distance races where we've um, we've been on site for uh, three to four days prior to the race. And uh, in those last couple of days, we, we do several things. We want to connect 
athletes. So we, we have Facebook groups for, for each of the Ironman races, which gives athletes opportunities uh, to connect with, with folks all over the country, all over the world that are going to be racing with them. Um, they're also alum in the group, so it's a great opportunity to ask questions of folks that have, have raced in yeah, previous learn years. Yeah, Great course. source of information. And then uh, when when you actually arrive on site, it's an opportunity to meet some some folks face to face. That's that's probably my favorite part of doing it is is getting to meet tons and tons of athletes um, every year. And then from there, uh, it kind of depends on on the venue and the course. But uh, we'll do some of those last minute sessions together. Um, we combine like some of the last minute run sessions. We make it kind of a mini tour, check out the transition area, run out, uh, swim start, swim so you, exit, so you get all your, those kinds you get of things. Shake out, run. You know, you get while you get acclimated to the course a little bit. Yeah, see some of the key yeah, spots. Yeah, see where the the change tents are. Where's the bag drop? Where's the bike drop? All those things that are uh, kind of unique to Ironman. So it's just a great opportunity to go and see those things. Get in the 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 last few workouts. Um, sometimes we do group dinner. Sometimes it's a happy hour. Sometimes it's coffee. Um, so it just kind of depends on, on the race and the venue. Um, and then for the 70.3s, it's, uh, it's similar, but more of a truncated, um, agenda. Most folks don't show up, uh, quite as far out for the 70.3s. So, um, and we always try to connect, uh, make it, uh, a, a kind of a, a fun social thing, opportunity to, to, to meet. Um, and then from there, as we have opportunities to, to have meals or, or get in some of those last minute sessions, we do those as well. Yeah, I, I had the privilege of traveling with Tridot to Ironman Arizona this this last go around. I got to meet a lot of the athletes, and and one of the things that I didn't realize was was whether you're on like the shakeout run we went for, you know, the bike to the desert where we were showing people kind of what to expect on the bike course, where the U turns are, et cetera. I mean, we, we had we had Tridot athletes, and we had people just kind of show up that were like, oh hey, can we ride with you? Like it, like we're not looking to. That there's no payment here that this is not a, a extra add-on like, like this is if you're an athlete and and you're connected with us and you're you're there out at the race like this is all all kind of for free already kind of added in right yeah it's just something we love to do uh it's welcome uh, every, everyone is welcome whether you're a trotted athlete or or not if you want to join us you're, you're more than welcome to and yeah we, we don't we don't charge for it it's just something we we love to do and we want to give back to the community we want to help people have great races and uh, do whatever we can uh, to, to, to help out. So whenever you head to your next A race, whatever it may be, know that Trotout at the Races is there to support you. We are at every single United States Ironman. And so check out Trotout at the Races for your race support. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank Trotout CEO Jeff Booer and Coach Elizabeth James for talking us through doing the right training right. A big thanks to our friends at Tribike Transport for bringing us today's show. Next time you travel for a race, let Tribike Transport get your bike there stress-free and ready to race. Enjoying the podcast? Have any triathlon questions or topics you want to hear us talk about? Head to tridout.com slash podcast to let us know what you're thinking. We'll do it again soon. Until then, happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head 